Want to learn how to see and share Jesus from all the scripture? Learn with us at the Christ Center and Clear Podcast. Welcome to the Christ Center and Clear Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Aiken. Have with me, as always, my brother, John, as we continue our series on uh, tough passages in the Old Testament. And today we're going to look at Proverbs 22.6. And so let me just read Proverbs 22.6 to set up the time. Uh, but here's what it says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, John, you're our Proverbs expert. So let's talk through that text. When you have preached that text in the past, is it has it been a standalone verse? Has it been connected to other verses in Proverbs? How have you, at least to some degree, as you teach that verse tackled it, and then we'll talk about some of the tough aspects of it in just a second. Yeah, I've typically preached it as a standalone verse because just how much confusion has been caused by this verse, uh, how important the issue is. And so I have, I think on at least three occasions, taken just this verse and preached through it. So why would we put this in the kind of the difficult category? Like, I mean, we've done... Judah and Tamar, we've done Elisha and, and the Bears. Why would we put this text in this same series? Well, I think that the reason why we would do it is both a an interpretive one and then a pastoral one. And so the interpretive one is, has the way that this has been traditionally interpreted as, hey, if you do right by your child as a parent when they're little— then they're obviously going to follow the Lord when they're older. Uh, is that is that the correct interpretation? And then there's a pastoral one, which is parents, Christian parents who, you know, generally speaking, did the best that they could raising their children who have adult children who are not walking with the Lord, and just the amount of guilt and shame that that brings upon them, not just because their child is not walking with the Lord, and so that brings its own hurt and pain, but also the questions of, well, where did we go wrong? And, and what did we do? And what, you know, what did we fail to do when they were little so that now that they're not walking with the Lord? Because obviously if we would have done right, uh, we would train them in the way they should go when they were younger, they would not have departed from it and they've departed from it. So what does that mean about our parenting? I want to ask the interpretive part of that and then get to the kind of the uh, the application part of it. But first, I mean, just doing it as one verse, how did you break down the text? So what I, I just broke down the text in terms of first, just embracing the tension. So the first kind of movement or point was just, hey, this verse has produced a lot of guilt in Christian parents. And then the second was to explain what the verse is actually doing. This verse is, is a warning, not a promise. Um, and so we'll talk about that here in just a second. And then I ended it with this verse is pointing us to the good news about Jesus. So I ended with pointing it to Jesus. Okay, let's talk then about the kind of the interpretive question uh, and even embracing the tension. So you're saying it's a warning, not a promise. Walk us through kind of what you mean by that, how you, at least when you're teaching that, you're you're trying to like obviously bring that through to, to those that are in the audience that, that are the hearers. Yeah, so so one, just embracing like, hey, this, this verse has beaten up a lot of Christian parents. The, the logic seems to be straightforward, right? 
if parents will raise their kids in a right way, godly way when they're young, then when they're grown, they'll continue to live in that right and godly way. And um, so raise your kids in the Lord when they're young, they'll be sure to walk with them as adults. If you don't raise kids in the right way, godly way when they're young, then they'll be ungodly adults. And so the conclusion is, if you have grown children and they're not godly, they're not walking with the Lord, they didn't turn out right, you know, it's because you didn't raise them right. And so um, not only are you struggling with what your children are experiencing, but you're saying, man, the Bible says I'm a bad parent. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the proposed solution to that oftentimes is to say, well, Proverbs are general rules of thumb. This does It doesn't mean it's always going to be like this, et cetera. But I think what you have to do is look at what the verse is actually, you know, actually saying. And so like, the in the Hebrew, like in the English, it's it's train a child in the right way or the way he ought to go or the way he should go. But that descriptor, the right ought should, is not in the Hebrew. Like originally, I mean, the Hebrew just basically says train a child in his way, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. And so there's no there's no descriptor, there's no qualifier. The English adds one to try to smooth out, um, you know, reading. Um, trying to aid in interpretation, but I don't. I don't think it's the right uh, interpretation for multiple reasons. One, the language, as I just mentioned, but it doesn't seem to fit Proverbs. Like in Proverbs, you make your own choices. Um, your parents are warning you, instructing you, but it's possible that you're not going to listen to their instruction. It's possible you're going to fall in with the peers. It's possible you're going to go after the strange woman. Like it's possible that you're going to make a decision to depart from what your parents have taught you. And so I, so I just think in the flow of what's happening in Proverbs, I don't think it's the best interpretation. I think there's, there's basically, you know, there's two, I think, acceptable options based on uh, what the Hebrews, uh, Hebrew says um, that are, I think, more in keeping with the, with the, the logic of the book of Proverbs. That, that's, that's helpful. One, I want to ask just a, an off kind of question and then come back around to the specific text. You have at least talked about this in the past. Are Proverbs um, general rules of thumb or are they, you know, typically promises? Talk, talk us through that. Yeah. A lot of people, most people say wisdom literature is general rules of thumb, but I think they're promises. I, I, the way I say it is they're, they're promises that are generally fulfilled right now, but will always be ultimately fulfilled. And so um, the wisdom of Proverbs will work out in the end, even if it's not until the new heavens and new earth, it's going to work out. Hmm, good. Okay, so ha- how do you then, uh, thinking through the interpretive question, how are you then teaching the text uh, and, and kind of driving home the idea of this is, this is a warning, but it's, it's not a warning in the way that you think? Yeah. So I think, so the, the two, what does it mean to train a child in his way? Okay, so... So th- there's two options. Option one is that you train a child according to his natural bent, right? So, so parents understand this. Um, you know, our dad has even said, parents, you need to be students of your children. You, you need to learn. E- each of your children may have different temperaments. Things that work with one may not work with another. And so each child is different in terms of temperament makeup. And so you have to learn strategies and learn uh, ways of correcting and disciplining and and so forth um, that that are fit to each child, and so that's a, a that is a possible uh, solution. And 
uh, what I don't take that as my main interpretation, but I certainly think there's wisdom in that, right? That you need to study your kids um, and you need to see how to best get him or her on the right path. Th- then yes, absolutely. Um, I think that's an important lesson for parents uh, to learn. I don't think it, it's the best interpretation with the overall message of Proverbs. Um, Pro- Proverbs is very clear that children, that we humans, that our nature is broken and that needs to be corrected. And so I think this is a warning to parents that basically, like, so train a child in his way when he's old, he will not depart, is, is saying, it's kind of a sarcastic. Um, I think Waltke uh, is open to this interpretation that, like, basically, if you let a, have a, let a child have his way when he's young, when he's old, he'll insist on having his way. Um, and, and so that, that I think is in, in the best keeping with the, with not only the Hebrew, but just the, the overall message of, of Proverbs, which is that being a youth, being a young person is characterized as being foolish and that that foolishness needs to be corrected out of you. And so it's not a promise that if you do right by your children, then they're going to, they're going to always end up right in the end. It's a warning that if you don't correct, if you don't intervene in the life of your child, then that foolish character will be set and it's going to be harmful and destructive to them when they're older. Yeah, thinking as a dad of a young child, let them have their way, and, and which is almost always foolish. They're, they're not going to depart from that foolish way as, as they get older. Right. I mean, it's going to, yeah. obviously, that, that character trait of selfishness, and the world revolves around me, and et cetera, is going to be set. And it's, it, yeah. it would be almost impossible to drive it out after it's set. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a needed passage in so many ways. Obviously, we live in a world now where it's, you know, uh, <laughs> you would say, even if a child wants to change, to say, they, hey, they're a different gender, you you can't say anything to them. Uh, and yet we would, <laughs> if my, I'm thinking about my kid, she would eat cookies every single meal uh, if I would let her. And so it's a loving thing, obviously, to redirect that sort of behavior uh, and to help them think through. <laughs> right. I mean, children need parents. They need yeah, parents exactly. to intervene. I mean, it's just, it's just very clear. It's very clear on silly things like you're talking about, like diet uh, and when to go to sleep and those kind of things. And, and it's clear on the big things. Yeah. Okay, so then talk us through. Well, maybe let's let's go first how how you drove to Christ, and then I want to come back around to application and think about how did you help both kind of apologetically and in an application think through, in one sense, helping with people that might struggle with guilt in this area, but at the same time, not obviously want to alleviate the the idea that we're to uh, raise up our our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and that we take this seriously. So let's go. How did you point it to Christ, and then let's come back around to application on the backside. Yeah, so the the first, I mean, just um, again, the general idea that we had set behind the series was that uh, when you walk in foolishness, it's showing, in some way, since Jesus is the wisdom of God, that you that you're walking away from wisdom, that you that you have a problem with Jesus, and so that so that's the big picture. Specifically, this passage is talking about not correcting your children. Okay, that's a spiritual issue. That's an idolatry issue. It's a it's a not believing the gospel rightly issue. Hebrews two, uh, Jesus is going to bring many sons to glory. He says, "Here I am with the children you have given me." Uh, he he makes his children holy and blameless before God. And so, if we're not getting our sons and daughters to glory through 
the gospel and through gospel correction, then that shows an idolatry in our life. It shows a need for the gospel. It shows we need uh, the gospel in terms of grace when we make mistakes. And the only available lasting uh, transformation will be if it is in the gospel, how they'll be conformed into the image of Christ. And so that's, so that's why I just point out our, our greatest need for our children is to have parents who literally, I mean, discipline is described in the book of Proverbs as evangelism. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you, so Proverbs 23, 13, 14, do not withhold discipline from a child. Strike him with a rod. He will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. And so I'm just, so I'm just pointing to, to Jesus uh, in terms of um, discipline is, is showing children. There is a standard. You've fallen short of that standard. You're a sinner. Uh, you deserve judgment. Uh, and then what, what I do or what we did when our kids were little and we were, you know, spanking them or whatever is to talk through with them in the, in the discipline of like, Hey, yeah, you're a sinner. Uh, you've fallen short, get them to acknowledge what specific thing that they had done that they were getting ready to be punished for. And then just to say, but you know what, you know, mommy and daddy are sinners too. That's why Jesus came to die on the cross and be raised from the dead. He loves us even when, even though we've sinned and he paid the penalty that we deserve. And if we'll confess our sin and repent and ask him to forgive and save us, he will. And so mm-hmm. just kind of, just kind of pointing to that. That's how we, that's how I preach Jesus in that passage. All right. So we've obviously touched around kind of application, how we take this, make this clear, but just, I'll, I want you to talk about uh, counsel to parents, how they should both know and love this verse, why they should love it, and then how they should apply it to their lives. Yeah. So I, I think just in terms of practical application, it's just, you had mentioned, uh, we live in a culture that, that does not want, that, 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 that is skeptical of all authority and that and that now is extended even to parental authority and i i'm just i'm driving the point home very clearly that you have to intervene in the life of your children you have to discipline them you have to hold them accountable you have to say no i mean that's the job that's the job of a, of a parent they need to hear it they shouldn't always hear yes they shouldn't get their way all the time um there's multiple reasons for that they don't know what they need uh, they won't always hear yes or get their way in the real world. You shouldn't teach them to expect that. Um, don't teach them the universe revolves around them. Like one of the stories I use that I, I just think is um, really poignant is uh, it, it was a it was a story in the Atlantic years ago called How to Land Your Kid in Therapy. So that you're talking about that ap- apologetic thing. It's like, hey, listen, uh, even even unbelievers like. Um, um, oh goodness. I think a- Andrew Peterson, um, I could be saying, no, I could be saying that wrong. What's the, the guy? Peterson? Andrew, Andrew Peterson's the Christian. Oh, yeah. Andrew Peterson is the guy that everybody thinks they got to go see his You've Christmas special. First. Andrew Peterson is an unbeliever. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I misspoke. What, what is the guy? Uh, Jordan oh, Peterson, Jordan, the Canadian guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a believer, yeah. but, but he talks about all the time, all the, the time about, uh, you know, don't raise your, don't do anything that would cause your children to grow up to be somebody you hate. Mm. Um, and so like, don't, you don't want to, you don't want to do anything where your children are going to grow up and be self-centered jerks, you know, and, but we're, but we're doing that. So there's this, how to lend your kid in therapy. It's a, um, a teacher, the, the person's doing the interview is interviewing this teacher 
She's a 58 year old mother of grown children who's been teaching kindergarten for 17 years. Uh, and she's told the interviewer that she feels parents are increasingly getting in the way of their children's development. She says, I see the way the parents treat them. And there's a big adjustment when they get into my class. It's good for them to realize they aren't the center of the world. That Sometimes other people's feelings matter more than theirs at a particular moment. But it only helps if they're getting the same limit setting at home. If not, they become impulsive because they're not thinking about anybody else. This same teacher who asked not to be identified for fear of losing her job, which is saying a lot, says that she sees many parents who think they're setting limits when actually they're just being wishy-washy. A kid will say, can we get ice cream on the way home? And the parent will say, no, it's not our day. Ice cream day is Friday. Then the child will push and negotiate. And the parent, who probably thinks negotiating is, quote, honoring her child's opinion, unquote, will say, fine, we'll get ice cream today, but don't ask me tomorrow because the answer is no. The teacher laughed. Every year, parents come to me and say, why won't my child listen to me? Why won't she take no for an answer? And I tell the parent, your child won't take no for an answer because the answer is never no. And so you need to, you've got to intervene in the life of your children. That's your role. Um, and, and the Proverbs make that clear, like folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Um, you know, we know our kids, our young people don't have to be taught to do the wrong thing. They have to be taught to do the right thing. Okay. So they need, they need discipline. They need correction. And so I, I walk through very explicitly that I do think that there's, and it's probably dangerous in this day and age, but I think there is um, room for spanking, you know, done under control as a corrective, not because you're mad or because you lost your patience or any of those things. I try to walk through what that looks like when they're younger, when they're older, what does it mean to hold accountable in terms of restriction or grounding or loss of privileges or, you know, giving, giving tighter you know, less responsibility than when they prove faithful, giving them more responsibility and those kinds of things. Um, but that, but that's what I, what I walk through because again, I'm just trying to, trying to teach them like, this is a rescue mission for the heart of your child and you don't need to abandon it. Any final words on, and some of it, I guess we just address in the way by which you've explained interpretively the text, but just, did you speak specifically to parents who may be feeling a, a, a burden of guilt uh, from this text. Yeah, I, 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 in that section at the end, so I, I did this a little differently than what we do sometimes here, Chrysler and Clear. So I interpreted the passage, then I gave the application and then I gave the gospel at the end. Mm. And so not only was I pointing them to the gospel in terms of this is a rescue mission, you've got to teach your child that there's a standard, they fall short and they have a savior. But I also, um, talked to them about God's grace for them as parents when they fall short, because we're going to fall short, we're not going to be perfect at this. And just how the gospel teaches us, like, it, it is okay to confess your sin to your children. Hey, that mm. dad messed up there. I was wrong. Um, I, I'm i a sinner just like you. I need Jesus' forgiveness just like you. And to, to you know, to acknowledge that. And I, so I just tried to walk through with them, like, it, it's never too late. Like you, it's, you know, you think even if they're grown, it's never too late. And, and it's, ne- it's certainly never too late to humble yourself uh, before your children and to just model what does it mean? What does it look like to live a repentant, grace dependent life? Hmm. Good. Well, next week, we're going to conclude our series on tough passages in the Old Testament. We'll discuss the end of the book of Ezekiel uh, and, the, and the promise of a future temple. So 
Uh, how does Ezekiel's prophecy fit with Christ's finished work? We might even ask a question like, will there be animal sacrifices in the future? Uh, we'll answer these questions and more next week on the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. We appreciate you listening. Thank you for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions, topics, or texts that you'd like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at podcast at com, and please visit us at com for more resources that will help you see and share Jesus from all of Scripture. Thank you.